Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Traveling On. King Tut was just another pharaoh to the ancient Egyptians. Probably 12 years old when he climbed to the throne, he lasted six years and retired to a tomb. Of course, he got a royal burial, but his subjects soon forgot him and went about their 14th century B.C. business. But one group didn't forget the youthful king. In the profitable profession of tomb robbing, they made a visit to the royal tomb, which was a small excavation in the face of the Nile cliffs. But their visit was unsuccessful, for they were caught in the act, and much of their plundery was returned. Officials themselves, however, couldn't stand the temptation, and they took over the heavy golden vessels and much other valuable work. King Tut had no visitors for 200 years. And to assure more unmolested sleep for the boy king, the architects of Ramsey IV, excavating Ramsey's tomb just above that of the Tuts, 
ordered workmen to toss their waste limestone chips down the slope below. This completely buried King Tut's tomb. But on November the 4th, 1922, the boy king had visitors again. Excavators led by Howard Carter of England, who with others had unearthed the tombs of many kings to find them rifled and emptied. Uncovered the steps leading down to the entrance gallery. Once inside the room, which was approximately 26 by 12 feet, they saw great gilt couches, gold statues, and caskets full of exquisite articles. Everything to give a picture of ancient Egypt. But this was just the outside chamber, the antechamber. In the chamber to the north, workmen were faced with the task of removing four shrines, the largest of which nearly filled the room. It was a case of shrines within shrines. When they had come to the stone coffin, they faced the same story, coffin within coffins. The first lid weighed one-fourth a ton and was raised to reveal a golden image of a king. Finally, a solid gold lid was lifted to reveal the mummy of King Tut. Newspapers throughout the world shouted as one of the greatest discoveries of the 20th century. The tomb produced more than 1,700 objects that could be removed from it, and the wealth was valued in those days at $15 million. From it, Bible scholars got a clearer picture of the Egypt the Israelis knew. King Tut came to the throne during the decline of the 18th dynasty. He came almost 150 years later than the greatest king, Futmosa III. Imagine if you can how tremendously wealthy were the tombs of this king. Futmosa II grew up with Moses. Perhaps they were playmates in the same palace. Evidence points to the fact that it was during Futmosa's III's magnificent reign that Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the children of Israel than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt as recorded in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 25 and verse 26. It shows us that when Moses gave up his position in Egypt and its treasures, he turned his back on no small thing. Had he stayed in Egypt instead of obeying God, he too might have been honored during his life and been buried in a tomb like that or even greater than King Tut's. Instead, the body of Moses is buried in an unknown spot in Moab. But who buried him? God. And no one is able to find his body because Deuteronomy 34 verse 6 states, And no man knoweth of his sepulcher to this day. Moses had a big choice to make, but he made it wisely. He chose to serve God and now he lives eternally. But King Tut... Well, his mummy and riches are in a museum. What about you? You have a choice to make too. The things of this world for a season or the riches of God for eternity. Listen now as Scott Delosier sings for us this beautiful song entitled, You Are God Alone.
are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You're the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone, unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, that's what you are, unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, that's what you are. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. Unstoppable, that's what you are. Psalms 86.10 tells us, For you are great and do wondrous things. You, yes you alone, are God. You are listening to Joy in the Morning which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. 
we begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Nancy McClellan plays for us on the piano this lovely song, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us.
traveler who had heard so much about the wonderful chimes of St. Nicholas in Amsterdam one day had the opportunity to go up into the tower of the church to listen to them at close range. He found a man hard at work before an immense keyboard. He was stumping and pounding away in a deafening manner with his hands encased in wooden gloves. The rattle of the vibrating keys and the harsh, discordant clanging of the bells overhead nearly deafened him, and he wondered why people talk so much about these beautiful chimes. The next day at the same hour, he was sightseeing in a distant part of the city, when suddenly the air was filled with the sweetest melody he had ever heard. The full bell tones were marvelous, clear, and liquid. Then he knew why the chimes were famous. His thoughts, however, went to the busy performer in the tower. He wondered if that musician ever knew how beautiful his noisy work became when heard from a distance. In like manner, when we are struggling desperately with the obstacles that confront us and the discord of our efforts discourage us, it is comforting to know that there is a sweetness and reward about what we are doing for His glory that will be fully revealed in clearer perspective of eternity. Whether we can see it now or not, there's a lasting beauty in sanctified service. Listen to the words of the song as John and Penny Harris sing, No Other Friend.
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, mid-Acts dispensationalism. Now, we've been talking about this, and we shared some similarities between dispensationalism and mid-Acts dispensationalism. And then we talked about some of the differences. The differences include, when do you begin the church, the body of Christ, the beginning, the commencement of the church, the body of Christ, the issue of water baptism, the difference between the baptism of Acts 2, 4, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. The difference between baptism for the power on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, and the one baptism of Ephesians 4, 5, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, which puts believers into the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason why water baptism is not an ordinance and water baptism is not even required as a testimony today in the dispensation of God's grace. And though dispensationalism and mid-Acts dispensationalism agree on the doctrine of the pre-trib rapture and the majority of eschatology, the doctrine of last things, there are some important differences. The differences include the seven churches of Revelation. Those churches are all future. The difference between the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, and the second coming, these are two distinct coming of Christ. They're not the same and those terms cannot be used interchangeably. The church, the body of Christ, does not return at the second coming. We are not the armies of heaven in Revelation 19. We're not going to reign on earth during the millennial kingdom. We are the heavenly people with a heavenly hope and not an earthly one. The apostleship of the twelve apostles versus the distinct apostleship of Paul. The Lord Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Romans 15 verse 8, he was a minister of circumcision and he confirmed the promises made to the fathers. The twelve apostles were the apostles to the nation of Israel, not the church, the body of Christ. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and verse number 2. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Unto the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. The book of Acts is not the acts of the apostles. It's the act of Lord Jesus Christ through the apostles whom he had chose. It begins with the twelve apostles. In numerology, the number twelve is the number of the nation of Israel. Twelve tribes. 12 apostles. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 12 to 14, New Jerusalem has 12 gates, 12 angels, the 12 tribes, the 12 foundation, and the 12 apostles. And who was the 12th apostle? Who was the replacement for Judas Iscariot? It was not the apostle Paul, but Matthias. Acts chapter 1, verses 22 through verse 26. In numerology, the number of the church, the body of Christ, is the number 1. Ephesians 4, 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of bees. And then in verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6, there's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father. The nine epistles from Hebrews to the book of Revelation are sometimes referred to as the general epistles. These epistles should be understood as the circumcision epistles because they're directed to the nation of Israel. These nine books are talking about Hebrews and James and First and Second Peter and First and Second and Third John and Jude in the book of Revelation. Are they scripture? Absolutely. They're a part of the inerrant, infallible, preserved word of God. But they need to be rightly divided. They're talking about to and being written to the twelve tribes who are scattered abroad. That's not the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we talk about Paul's distinctive apostleship. 
Romans chapter 11, verse 13. For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And there are those who believe that Paul should have been the replacement for Judas and that Peter got it all wrong. No, they got it absolutely correct. Matthias, God's gift, he was the 12th apostle. And the apostle Paul wasn't even saved at the time. God's going to raise him up later and he becomes a personification of the church, the body of Christ. Jew and Gentile joint heirs in one body. He was a Jew, but also we know according to the book of Acts that he had Roman citizenship. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, But I certify you, brethren, the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. Verse 12, For I neither received it of men, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, not the, not the searchable, but the unsearchable, the untraceable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, of Christ. That's why we talk about 2 Timothy 2.15. That's why we've been looking at rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding God's scripture that is absolutely God's word. 66 books given by the inspiration of God. They're God-breathed. But we need to study. We need to rightly, rightly divide God's word. If you have any questions about our study or any other questions or Bible verses that you would like studied in light of the Word of God rightly divided, please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is 942-2131, or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. We need to study God's Word. And like you think about in the book of Acts, we read those verses of Scripture, Acts 1-1 and 1-2. It's the act of the Lord Jesus Christ through the apostles whom he had chosen. It begins with the twelve. Concentration of the twelve. It begins in the city of Jerusalem. How does the book of Acts end? It, it abruptly ends with the apostle Paul, who is going to be and is the apostle to the church, the body of Christ. Where? In the city of Rome. So we need to understand God's word. As Christians, we need to follow God's exhortation, God's command in 2 Timothy 2.15 to study God's word, to rightly divide God's word. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, and if you were asked the question, where will your death lead you, and you don't know the answer, it's through Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right where you're at before it's eternally too late. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Yeah.